All right. I'm running another marathon, and I've been thinking a lot about what to do different this time. So I called my brother, John, who's on the line with me now, to help me think through this and bounce ideas off of and that kind of thing. Uh, how you doing, John? Hey, Joe. I'm doing good. Good. All right, I guess before we get started, just for people listening, John is my uh, older brother by a few years. Uh, he and I both ran at the same small Division two school in South Carolina. He also coached there for a few years, so he was my coach uh, for a time. Uh, you kept running after college pretty seriously, but, I mean, you had a full-time job, so you didn't, like, go pro or anything like that but you gave it a pretty good go um yeah i and i was thinking i couldn't remember exactly any of your prs other than i know you ran like about a 111 half um yeah what what give me the rundown like just to remind me what are like your most proud performances my most proud performances that i don't know i know like I would say, not time-wise, but probably my most enjoyable race was my first half marathon. Um, I just started training pretty seriously after college and didn't really know what I was doing. And Jeff, who, you know, all everybody should be pretty familiar with by now, was actually coaching me. And um, I never even raced that distance. I don't even know if I ran that distance much in, in training. And it wasn't very long into training. He was like, suggested I hop in it. And um, I remember running like 115 and it feeling like really good the second half. Like, just like, it was one of those kind of dream feelings where you go out, you're well within yourselves, and then just like negative split the whole way down. And I remember finishing fourth to a guy who uh, ran steeple at Clemson. And being like, oh my gosh, like, wow, that was fun. I, I ran a lot faster times after that in the half, like several under 112, but none felt that good. So that was definitely like, as far as an enjoyment of a race, that was probably a highlight. And then probably the other one was probably maybe club cross countries. That was probably a big highlight. Um, and I think I ran like 32 something. Was that when you were with Ben Rosario's club? That was, so I ran one year with them, but uh, it was actually the year before I ran solo, um, just independent. I think it was my last year in Greenville, um, and me and Ashley traveled to Kentucky um, and ran. When I, we, when I ran with um, Ben's group, Big River Running out of St. Louis, I think I ran about, it's probably a similar time, and then we ran at McAlpine, and I hate that course. Oh yeah, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So similar time, but it's just like a flat, dusty trail for most of the way. Right, you're on that pea gravel. It's just not a fun course. Did you ever race longer than a half marathon? You and I ran that one trail marathon, and so that's the longest I think I've ever raced. Um, but you didn't seriously do like a 25k or anything like that. No, yeah, half was kind of my bread and butter, and 
where I like seriously competed. Um, so you never really optimized yourself for like a 5k or anything lower? No. Yeah. I was always running like kind of for that 10k half marathon. I never really got into like heavy VO2 work to like optimize my 5k. And I think I ran like 1529. I ran basically, I think my PR in 5k is actually, uh, at McAlpine. Um, cross country. Yeah. Cross country. So I ran faster in there than I did on the track 5k. Yeah. The way you describe that half marathon, the first one, like feeling good, the second half, especially for your first one, it makes me curious, like how you would have done if you really went after a marathon or how you still could. I still could. Yeah. I'm kind of getting the itch too back. Um, but yeah, I do think like, at least how I'm built, I think I could run a pretty good marathon even at, you know, an older age. Um, especially if I ran smart, like all my other racing after that, it was just kind of pedal to the metal, like even splits the whole way kind of grinding. But I think if I could run a smart race and stay within myself a little bit, I think I could maybe run a pretty good marathon. Yeah. Speaking of running a pretty good marathon, here we go. So, if what I thought I could, how I could break this down is spend a couple minutes um, recapping what happened the last marathon, which I sort of did in a different episode. The I don't know a few episodes ago I kind of broke down after I did Grandma's what I thought about it my experience, but I do like a short just overview of what happened there and what I think I could do differently to run this one better. And then kind of get your reaction and just go from there. Um, so we're sitting here now about to start August 2022. I ran Grandma's a little over a year ago in June of 21. Um, my time was 259.58. My goal was 250. And the reason my goal was 250 is because... It's a nice round number, and I had run a 5K uh, <laughs> a few months before in 1730-something. And, you know, if you look at the chart, like equivalent race times, you know, it was like 249-something. And I was like, well, sounds doable. You know, it's like 629 pace or something like that. Um, So... I was almost on pace to do that through 20 miles at Grandma's and then just classic fell apart gradually over the final 6.2 and um, yeah, and, and finished like 10 minutes slower than my goal, which isn't terrible. I mean, and a, here's the other thing, especially considering, which is kind of the big theme here for uh, what I'm going to get at here in a minute is my overall volume for like the whole nine months leading up to that marathon was relatively low. Um, I don't track my mileage. I track minutes. Um, but if you convert it, it would probably be somewhere between 35 and 40 miles a week average for like the whole, it never really, went spiked up much closer to the race or anything 
Um, it was like the whole just from the time I started running like nine months before after a break, it you know got up after a few weeks to that range and pretty much stayed there. Um, but I did some pretty decent workouts, I think, that really also indicated to me I could race uh, 250. Like things like 20 miles at what ended up being 95% of my marathon race pace. So I averaged 711 for 20 miles. I did three by three miles, averaging 635. Um, I did five by four K averaging like low six thirties. Um, I did 21 and a half miles at seven eighteens. Hold on just a second real quick. What, what is the, yeah, sure, what, sure. what is the two fifty pace? It's like six twenty nine, six thirty. Okay. So I was doing like, I did multiple 20 to 21 and a half mile runs at like 94, 95% of what was my actual rate pace on race day like six so my actual pace that i ran for the whole race was an average of 652 mm-hmm. and like i said i was almost on pace i was like in the low 630 averages all the way through 20 miles and then just you know took a dive so the a lot of the workouts i did looking back if anything they were probably too good like uh too fast um the whole point I'm I'm trying to make that I haven't made yet is I think I did good key workouts. I just didn't have the overall foundation, like the base, to support it or to be able to actually, you know, articulate or express the fitness I was showing in workouts. So that's the main the main takeaway is and I kind of said something like this in that other solo episode. I think I did the right type of training. I just didn't have the foundation going into it. Really and what I mean by that is just overall volume. My overall volume was too low. And what I think I can do differently this time is run more volume. And do basically the same type of training, except have more, like, for example, I would do, like, over the weekend, I would do, like, a 20-miler at a decent pace. And then for the next three days, I'd be doing, like, 25 minutes easy, 35 minutes easy. And it was, like, almost all I could do to recover from that workout to get, like, a week later and do another one of that same, you know, effort level. So I think those workouts probably were what allowed me to run as fast as I did. Um, I honestly don't think I could have done much differently with the base, the small base that I had at the time. Um, I'm just thinking this time around I could come into it with a, a larger, you know, base of volume under my belt and not do too much a different type of work, and then hopefully the result is a you know a better result. But um, so anyways, there's a, there's more detail we can go into. That's the basic point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Just from what I've said so far. 
Well, we've talked about this some, and like listening to you like recap it in kind of a summarized form is helpful. Um, but like when I hear you say like, yeah, I hit these workouts, I kind of, I kind of think kind of echo to echo back. Yeah. It's like you hit those workouts, but the effort that it took to hit those workouts was too high. Like, like you said, like you do a 20 miler, but then like you're toast for three days and running like 25 minutes where like, I think ideally when you're training for something like that, or even training in general, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty relative depending on distance, but, um, how much effort is it taking me to execute the, the workouts that I need to, to do? So like, ideally you should be able to run 20 miles at 95% and then come back the next day with another hour and maybe feel fatigued, but you're not trashed. Um, so it felt like those workouts were almost kind of like peaks. Um, but the troughs were so low. Um, and so it sounds like what you're thinking is like make not necessarily changing the peaks, but making the, the, the troughs much, much closer. So you don't have such a dramatic, uh, gap between your easy efforts and your hard efforts. Um, yeah. And then even like the three by three mile, like that's still only like nine miles at close to your goal, but still not even your goal pace. Um, so yeah, I think I would totally agree. Like bringing up, bringing up the volume so that you're, you're just more comfortable with those efforts. Um, and it's almost like those efforts should just come. Those should just come as your fitness grows, as opposed to like really getting psyched up for those efforts. But yeah, those are my initial thoughts as I hear you talk. Yeah. Um, and also a little more context for where I'm at now, like leading into the next one. Um, I'm running the Kiowa Island Marathon December 10th. So roughly four, a little over four months away. Um, I've since grandma's, uh, there was like some up and down. I mean, we had our third kid, you know, but then eventually like by the end of February this year, life kind of restabilized and I started running consistently basically at the beginning of March, um, so where I'm at now is kind of like in the middle of like r- starting running after a break and the actual marathon. So I'm kind of like in the middle of that time frame, which is about a nine month period, like March to December. And it actually just so happens that's almost the exact same time period as last time. Like I started running after a break about nine months before grandma's. So it'll be an interesting comparison um, these two builds, like looking at them side by side, but so you've been running pretty consistent for about five months. Yeah. And I've been tracking like volume this time around compared to the previous time and how it's gone so far is like the first four months have looked almost exactly as the same as the first four months last time. Like, you know, starting from a break, just trying to get going at all, you know. Um, and back then, I even knew, like, okay, I got to run more this time. But 
I kind of fell into the same pattern I fell into before where you get into this like workout mindset where you feel the need to like post these times in training, you know, you're probably doing too much too fast too soon and it limits how much you can run, you know? So I would be, I kind of pretty quickly got into a pattern of like trying to do some type of midweek workout, nothing crazy. And then a long run on the weekend and the long run really paying attention to how fast it is. Um, and it's probably started getting too hard. And I talked to you about this a few weeks ago. I got to a point about a month ago where I was like, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of butting my head against a wall, not getting my volume up, trying to run too hard. And I made a conscious decision decision about a month ago to only focus on the volume for at least a little while just like get it up like minutes per week and just slow it as as much down as I need to just to get that number up and it was a pretty immediate shift like I mean on like the chart you know I'm keeping it's kind of a hockey stick like volume is going up and I just finished my fourth week of like you know, the past four weeks have been the highest consecutive four weeks I've done, I know, since college. Um, so I guess where I'm at now is, okay, I've gotten my volume up, I think, to a good place. I don't think it needs to get too much higher. I don't know how much higher it can realistically get. Um, and I've got, like, about 17-ish weeks to go, um, maybe 19, including, like, a two-week taper. Um, so now it's kind of like when and how does the quality come back? You know, like how long do you just focus on volume and nothing else? Um, I'm kind of in at that point now where I'm I'm comfortable with the volume I'm able to, you know, I'm comfortable with the idea of how much volume I'm doing now. I'm, I'm kind of, I feel good about that. Like I don't feel like I need to do much more climbing. Um, how come? Well, like how much volume? Like, how how much volume are you doing? And yeah, like why? Like so, my average volume, and and I I said I estimated it last time between thirty five and forty miles a week. What it was was like an average of around three hundred to three ten minutes per week. Um, so right now for the past four weeks, I've probably averaged like four ninety something. I don't know what percentage that is. I mean, it's not double, but it's so like today I did a two hour and 20 minute long run. The rest of the week before this was like, I did do a 50 minute run cause I was kind of feeling sick that day. But other than that, like my standard just go out and do an easy run is like 60 to 80 minutes. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it probably could get a little higher. Like, I don't know. And that's a good question. Like what, number should you look at just the overall weekly total or like should you look at the certain days like this day should be that this day should be that other than having like a long run i don't know how much variation you need or does it matter like throughout the week but yeah so hard question to answer yeah and i think it kind of goes back to like as you're kind of answering that question and then deciding about the quality too right you said like how do i reintroduce the quality or what do I do about the quality? It kind of goes back to, you know, 
as you were talking about the last go around, kind of getting, um, you know, thinking a lot about quality and what, what, what am I paying attention to? Am I paying attention to, um, how my body's feeling and is the quality just coming or am I trying to introduce the quality, um, to get my body ready? Um, and how do I balance that? Right. Cause obviously like you've got to introduce a little bit of stimuli that your body might not be ready for or anyone's body, but there's also the other side of the coin where it's like, especially with the marathon, like, I should my I should kind of be following my body when it comes to quality and how are how am I doing aerobically how am I doing muscularly with this workload um and I don't know I mean it'd be interesting to hear like um how you feel like your body's doing and and what you think it's ready for you know like 490 minutes and then you know you say you did a what two hour and 20 minute run. So yeah, what, yeah. what's that hour for? Or that's a hundred. What's that? 140 hour, minutes. Hour and, no, uh, 140 minutes. Sorry. Two, 220 minutes is, uh, no, sorry. The long run was two hours and 20 minutes, which is yes, 140 minutes. And so that is, you know, what percentage Just around like 25%, 25% of your week this week, if 490, yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Let's do the math. Let's see. Yeah, so that's still that's twenty eight percent of your weekly volume, which, which is, is high. high that's really high for a long run, especially training for a marathon, right? And going back to kind of what you were saying before, of like I was able to run these good workouts, but then compared to the rest of my week, it was disproportionate. So it still sounds pretty disproportionate, and I guess too like we have to talk about or think about like how much are we trying to survive the marathon and how much are we trying to like, or race it. And I I think like, I think that's just such a hard question to answer and then kind of be realistic about your training for any of us. Like how much am I surviving it? And how much am I, you know, really prepared to actually do quality work to race it? Because I think for most people, it's we're just not fit enough to run a decent pace. Well, that's really relative too. Like you could say some people running two tens are in survival mode. I guess it just depends. I don't know. I guess like when you're thinking about like my workouts and how they compare to just my overall fitness. I guess how much of an outlier are my workout efforts compared to my just sustainable fitness level. Hmm. Um, and I think it's really easy. I know for me, for sure to like get my workouts and be really focused on those, but my basic level of fitness just to not even be close to where my workouts are and to try just kind of be surviving the workouts and Hmm. then also surviving the race when my base fitness level really isn't, substantial enough to to support it um so the like the workouts and even the races are kind of um they're a little bit deceptive for our our actual fitness and sustainability so you're saying when it does come time to introduce some kind of workout or quality or whatever 
it should be more of like a natural extension of kind of where you're at with your general everyday running, not so much like, okay, let's strap in today and really burn it down and leave yourself exhausted. Yeah, I think so. At least like for me, I know like most of my running was way, 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 way too hard. And I think I have a, I think I have a tendency to just kind of redline, um, and not really get the most out of my potential fitness because I'm really focused on hitting it hard and being very pace oriented. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably true for the majority of people. Like, I don't think that we get the most out of ourselves aerobically that we really could. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I'm like that too. And that is the whole idea of one intentionally not even being able to know my distance. Like I don't have a GPS watch unless it's a specific workout on the track or something I've measured. I'm doing intentionally. I never know the distance. Um, and I really only ever go for time most of the way. And then like, like I said, right now it's pretty much all easy. I don't wear a heart rate monitor or anything. It's probably like 135 or something. Um, but so that general fitness we keep talking about, I'm measuring the input into that fitness bank as in terms of just total duration. And that's it. I haven't started thinking about like, you know, specific fitness for a marathon or like started trying to calculate what kind of, you know, times I need to be running for certain workouts or anything like that. I'm, and, and this is, I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of going off a tangent here with that's okay. I'm talking about like these workouts and using them as, um, like indicators or whatever, like using them as security. Like, okay, I did this workout. Therefore I know I can perform like this in the race. I feel like the marathon you're put in a weird situation because like say for a 5k, which is exactly, this is exactly my plan for what it was for grandmas and how I did it. I was, I had started this podcast. I was talking to people, you know, like Nate Jenkins and like (laughs) uh, Pete Ray at zap. And this theme kept coming up of like, well, you know, when it comes to marathon, if as long as you're in good 5K, 10K shape, you really only need like six to eight weeks to really do some specific stuff to get ready for a marathon. And that really resonated with me because it's like, oh, okay, your marathon pace is going to be whatever it is, like 80 to 85% of your VO2 max. Uh, so optimize your VO2 max, get that as high as possible, then kind of extend the work and get ready for the longer race and but you have a higher ceiling now to build up within so it's like get as fast as you can at a 5k first that way when you go to do your you know what i'm saying so that's what i did i was in the mindset of like very distinct buckets like okay i'm i trained for a 5k it was in the middle of march sometime and then i like flipped a switch i'm like okay i I have my time i know what it is (laughs) like i said I can look at the chart. Now I have a goal time for the marathon. Now I can do the specific training to fulfill that, you know. But looking back, I think the mistake I made was when they say that, 
Like <laughs> Nate, when Nate Jenkins says that, he's talking uh-huh. as someone who's already like averaged 140 miles a week for like eight years, you know. Uh-huh. And like when the pros, yeah, when they're in 5K, 10K shape, they're already doing like regular 20 mile long runs on the weekend as like uh-huh. just their base. So. It didn't really apply to me, even though I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, but I still like the idea, but I, I just realized that I'm not in that context. So I need to have more of like a long, drawn-out, like just general fitness building, get your volume up for a long time phase. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, so back to a few minutes ago, you... Um, oh, wait, let me finish that thought first. So... When you are training for like a 5K or something shorter, you can, I think, get a much clearer picture of where you're at with the specific workouts because you can literally cover the full race distance in a workout. You can do five by a K at around your goal pace and just like, well, I don't know if I'll be able to hit exactly that time in the race, but I know I'm pretty close. I'm in the ballpark. Whereas with a marathon, nobody can really go out and do you know, three by eight miles at marathon pace. Cause it's like, that's the whole point of a two week taper is like, you need a lot of rest to be able to run the effort all out. So it's like, you never really know what you have. You're doing like little pieces of the puzzle here and there. And then the two week, t- it's like baking a cake. I think like you put all the ingredients in, you hope they're right. Then you put in the oven and wait, which is like the taper period, you know? Mm-hmm. And you just have this hope, like mystery. You never really know exactly how it's going to turn out, but you hope when you pull it out, oh, I hit it just right. So I think that's one reason why it's easy to get um, carried away in any direction with your workouts, like too much, too little, because there's that component of like mystery. Like, well, there's a little myster- mystique here. We don't know how it's going to turn out. So it's just like, it gives you a little hope at the same time. Like, hey, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? This may. I might just sprinkle some chili pepper in here. Who knows what it's <laughs> going to turn out like? We'll just find out when I bring it out. Um, mm-hmm. So the hard part for me now, and I think probably for most people, it feels like since you don't have that security of like the workouts being a direct correlation, like this workout tells you that you can run this for the race. It's not really like that for the marathon the missing link seems to be, well, you just do a whole bunch of this extra easy volume and that's kind of the missing link. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to make the mental connection of this general high volume, easy running. Like you can't make a mental connection from that to like your marathon performance. It doesn't bear much resemblance and it feels like a leap of faith leap of faith doing it and i think that's why it's easy to fall into that trap of like well i gotta (laughs) i gotta prove it to myself now so i know what i'm capable of as opposed to putting these like separate pieces of the puzzle and that you don't see it come together till race day yeah i think you're totally right like it's really nice to be able to look at specific workouts and paces and then figure something out in the marathon you're right like I think uh, it's just, it's really mysterious in a lot of ways. Like even for professionals who are very highly tuned, like you see them go race a marathon and, um, and totally bonk. Like, and that might have something to do with training. That might have to do something with the race day. Like that may have something to do with who knows what. I think, yeah, I think that's exactly right. And 
like in the midst of not knowing, we kind of grab for some kind of certainty. And I think the marathon is something that like really puts you in that crosshairs of like, you don't know and you have to tolerate like the, the uncertainty of things and not knowing and tolerating not knowing is, it's, it's unbearable at times. Yeah. So like I said, about a month ago, I made this decision to like actually get my volume up from where it's been in the past. And in order to do that, I had to slow down. And on the one hand, I'm enjoying it. Like I feel good. I'd never feel like my legs never feel just like torn up like they do from like hard stuff. Um, but on the other hand, it is driving me crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and I worry, I, I mean, I'm falling right back into the same trap. Uh-huh. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> I'm running nine minutes or 10 minutes a mile here. How am I going to race at six? Whatever, you know, it's uh-huh. like, the, the, uh-huh. and it's one of those things. It's like, everybody talks about it. Like you have tons of people say like, Oh, slow down to speed up. You know, you got to build your aerobic base and, but it's still hard to, I mean, it's like, I believe it. It's I, I there's a logical component to it, but I don't actually understand how it works. And that is very bothersome. It's like, other than people saying like, oh, well, you know, the easy running builds your mitochondria density. It's like, I don't even know what a mitochondria is. Do you? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh-uh. No. So it is a leap of faith and I'm, I'm out on the limb. I mean, I'm sticking with it, but you asked like, how come, like, how do you think? I said, uh, I'm okay with the volume I'm at now. You said, how come? I said, I don't really know. I mean, what? Yeah. And you're kind of like, I'm having fun watching you, so I get to say whatever I want and encourage you to do something, but you're kind of like a guinea pig. I don't know if I'd be able to do it if I was in your position, but I'm like, Joe, just keep going. Just keep going with this. And why are you stopping now? And like, you know, it's like callus building, right? Like, am I building a callus or am I building a blister? Um, and calluses, right, it's slow, it's a slow, you know, um, it's a slow friction on uh, skin over time and avoiding the blister, mm. right? Mm. Or like, or like whatever that, you see that proverb or whatever on like running t-shirts sometimes or like the the drop of water in the rock eventually <laughs> makes the whole, right? Like, and I do yeah, think Yeah, but I don't have a thousand years, you know. Right, but I, it doesn't take, it only takes a week to like make a blister that you then spend four weeks recovering sure. from and getting back to, you know, a baseline. And especially with a marathon, like, again, I think it'd be one thing, like shorter races. Yeah, like you got to get in some stuff because your body's just not going to turn over at a certain pace, um, at a 5k or even a 10k. Um, but, and then like your particular profile, like you're, you're quick, like your turnover is not going to be the thing. Um, it's going to be, you're going to break down, um, with the grind of the long mile. Like, yeah. And so I really want to, I, I want I mean, again, barring life, um, life circumstances, which obviously, you certainly have. Um, I want you to like, keep going with the volume, and then like, like imagine like cranking out a two-hour or two and a half-hour run, and then the next day feeling fine, and 
running another hour, hour 15. And then like that two hour just speeding up over time. Yeah. Well, I know that is the idea and I don't, I don't think that's, I don't know if it's technically like the Lydiard. I know the book that we've read, the high end, uh, I'm not, I'm sorry. Healthy intelligent training, which is sort of like the Lydiard translation for modern times or whatever. He makes the big case like, yeah, spend a long time, start slow or start easy, and eventually your easy becomes faster. The effort stays the same, but it speeds up. I mean, but what I've noticed the past four weeks, um, like when I go do a longer run, uh, like say today, for example, I... I I measured out a new route, but I didn't pay attention to anywhere the where any of the mile markers are. I just knew the two total was sixteen miles, so I didn't know was I wasn't going to know my pace until I was done with it. Mm-hmm. I ran around was two to- two hours twenty minutes. It's like eight forty six average, mm-hmm. and it was easy. I mean, it was supposed to be easy. I wasn't trying to push or go steady or anything like that. But before this four-week period, I, I had gotten up to 16 miles and was, like, in the mid, like, 735, 745 range. Not as, a easy, as easy as an effort I was going today, but also not that much harder. I felt like running 740s today would have felt harder than it would have a few weeks ago. And I wonder... And that kind of made me feel panicky. I was like, shoot, I'm doing this slow, higher volume thing, and it's making me slower, you know, just like everybody said it would. And uh, But then I thought, well, I also did run a lot more during the week, so I'm not as fresh going into it as I would have been a few weeks ago. So that, I'm telling myself that. But at the same time, I'm wondering, like, at what point do you need to inject, you know, something in there so you're saying just stay on the path all the way all the way then like the next five months just like well i mean like on the volume and that's it well i mean like you know say say you do stick with the 250 goal right like so 630 pace i feel like you could camp out in this volume and even keep going up for another, you have five months. That's a long time. I have four months, actually. So August, September, October, November, and then like, you know, and there's 10 days after that. So four months. Yeah, I feel like you could spend easily two more months um, with the volume and even building some volume comfortably and then spend, then maybe do four weeks where you have a, uh, one specific workout a week or two um, where it's like, okay, I'm going to go hit out a, uh, you know, whatever, um, a steady 10 miler or some longer reps. And, and I think that would top you off. I think this, I think getting down to 630 pace would come so quick. Like, uh, this is interesting because the way I've been thinking about it is I, I'm, I've started toward the end and I've thought about the types of workouts I would like to be doing towards the end. Things like, you know, 16 miles at goal pace or like 22 miles at like 90% of goal pace or anyways, like a lot of volume around goal pace. And 
I've kind of backed up from that and thought, well, if I want to do that, then I better start doing smaller doses of it now, like introduce the intensity now in smaller doses. But you're saying if you just kind of go the other way and keep going up with the volume, don't worry about the intensity. The intensity will start coming down on its own or the pace will start coming down on its own closer to. I think so, especially like you said, like last week or two weeks ago, like you did like a fart lick here or there. Um, you know, you're going to have the turn and you're doing strides. And I, I think I say that too, like from a perspective of like, I think it's, it's like, I think it's kind of like bacon crackers versus pan frying something. Like you bake at a low temperature for a long amount of time, right? And, um, and two, I, yeah, I think you, you'll be able to draw off that so quickly. And again, 630 pace for you is not that, is not fast. You, like you will access that really quickly, especially if you keep some strides up here and there. And then the other thing too, I keep going back to like that first half marathon that I told you I ran. Just, so like, I didn't even know what I was doing. Like I'd never raced that distance. Jeff had me doing some runs, but we were not doing anything specific for half marathon. And he said, he said, don't go out any faster than six minute pace. And then after the halfway point, do whatever you want. And after the race, he told me, he was like, I was going to be really surprised if you hit like 118.30 or 118.45. That's six minute pace um, based on my workouts. And I didn't know. I never raced the distance. I didn't. He he sends a bunch of crazy workouts, like with a bunch of alternations. And I think Jeff is really into kind of for shorter distance training, like varied training and just stuff that's psychologically fresh. Right. He's so not. not he's not in your head. Like okay, now I know I can do this. Yeah, he is not the type of person that's going to give you. All right, you're going to do three by a mile with a two minute rest at five k pace, and then we know. Like I never did anything like that. Yeah. Like it was like. You do 200, 400, 600, 800, and then like each 200, you alternate the pace. And like, <laughs> he's just mixing stuff up. Yeah. So anyways, I say all that to say, when I went into that race, I didn't have any perception of pace. I just ran and kind of kept my splits. I was like, all right, Jeff said not to go faster than six minute pace. I was actually running with the marathoners because the half and the marathon started at the same time. And I was running with the leaders of the marathon and it was just like, oh man, this is super fun. This is comfortable. And we were just like clicking out like sixes, six oh fives. I was like, man, this is easy. And then when the halfway hit, it was like, all right, Jeff said I could do what I want. And like, then you start going and then you feel like, so we started clicking off like five thirties and just how that felt. Like, mm-hmm. and I didn't know five thirties. I didn't know that distance. I didn't know that pace right. at that distance. And I think the marathon is analogous. Like when you're within your body, things come to you. I know when I've done really long runs mm. um, and I've done them when I'm with it, within my body, I finish really well, even if it's a two or three hour run. Um, but when I'm pace conscious and not like body conscious, I, at least me and my psyche and how I train, like I just like, all right, I said I was going to run this pace, especially a course like Kiowa is basically a track because it's flat. Right. Like I'm going to hit this pace and I'm just going to grind it. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just I wonder like that would be a big experiment. Like you're saying, oh, the pace, it'll just come like you'll draw from it so easy, like the, the your easy pace will get faster, that kind of thing. I mean, I, again, I, I, I believe it, but I, at the same time, I'm it's a little bit scary to <laughs> not have something in training to hold on to and point to. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But I could hop in some races, too. And, you know have those well yeah totally and like maybe like to ease your psyche maybe like you do like once every two weeks or once every once every three or four weeks somewhere in there like you put a specific like you come back to that 16 miler right and be like okay i'm gonna run this i'm gonna run it firm or a 10 miler or you come back into kind of a benchmark because even like the Lydiard stuff, right? They had the 22 mile loop and they monitored it. They monitored, okay, as I'm going through the base phase and then into the marathon, how fast am I doing this 22 miler? Right. And they were cognizant of like, okay, we want to stay within ourselves and we want to like work into this run. But they very much had a benchmark loop uh, as they were going through their base. And, you know, you read some of the Peter Snell stuff or the, um, Barry, whatever his name was, stuff like, McGee. yeah, Barry McGee. Like, okay, I know when we could do the twenty. I knew when we could do the twenty-two mile loop in blank. We were ready, like we were ready. We were getting in fighting shape, basically. And so maybe you do put something like that, like on the books. Um, and but it's not so it's a benchmark, but it's not like a, it's not like a. It's not a piecemeal workout that you're trying to do to get to somewhere. You're just like, you know, like the three by three mile. Those are great workouts, but maybe it's not a, maybe it's not an accurate benchmark for where you are, um, given what you're wanting to do. And I, the, the good thing is I I still have a lot of time relative to where I was before grandma's. Like at this point last time, I was about to start my like six week 5k plan. And then after that, I only had 10 weeks of specific marathon stuff. So I've already up my volume for four weeks and I'm not even to the point yet where I started the 5k thing last time. So, I mean, I've got plenty of time to do whatever, which is the good thing. I guess I still have ringing in my head, like, all the people I've heard say, like, you know, you just need a lot of time around pace. Like, um, so I'm curious, you know, to poke at what you're saying a little more. Like, do you think a lot of the just general running and stuff would just naturally start to edge up on, like, you know, sub threshold or that zone? And you would, not that you would be doing, like, not that you would intentionally go out and run like 18 miles at close to goal pace but do you think like just naturally you would get close enough enough of the time without trying if you just run enough that you wouldn't have to intentionally like prescribe these sessions so specifically i i mean i'm just worried that i'm only gonna go run like slower than eight minute pace all for the next like four months. And then I think a couple things, one, no, I think you will have to intentionally do something, um, to kind of like 
you know, the marathon version of sharpening, right? Um, but I think you, you should be chomping at the bit to be doing a big thing, like, kind of like holding yourself back, like, okay, I know I'm ready to, like, I really want to go knock out this 10 mile, or like, and I'm feeling strong, right? Not like I'm feeling like I can go slog all day and like, but like I naturally feel like I'm kind of holding myself back a little bit and like, all right, like what would it look like to kind of, you know, to, to shave a little bit to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do a midweek 10 miler and I'm going to push it. I'm going to do a progressive, right? I'm going to, um, start out super easy. And then the last five, like I'm going to hammer it. But then you, you know, but I, I don't think like, I think the danger is in doing too small uh, chunks. Like I'm going to go out and kind of build up piecemeal pace wise up to something. I think, I think you get stuck. Hmm. What do you mean by that? That the danger is building up the danger in building up piecemeal, building up to something. Yeah. I mean, for for me or thinking about you i think the danger would be like okay i'm going to keep marathon pace in my regimen but the chunks are going to be too small so it's going to be 3 by 3 mile it's going to be um you know i'm going to do some vo2 work so like proportionally it's just not it's just not like again like the fitness level isn't proportional to the workout Right. So, so like, when you you've, you said that a few times, and uh, at the beginning you talked about like bringing the troughs up closer to the peak, the peaks of the workouts. Like, would another way to say this be like, when you say fitness level, I mean, would you kind of define that sort of as like, I don't know, how would you define that? When you say like fitness level being disproportionate to the workout it's like okay we know what the workout means because you can measure that but what do you mean by the fitness level i think it's like your ability to recover from the from the workout you know you think about like shorter traditional like schedule that you always hear about right it's basically had he had three or four workouts in a week yeah but that was just kind of like you know, he was he was evenly doing those all the time. Um, so, like, he was recovered enough after a day or two to do another one. Right. Um, and so I think that's what I mean is, can can we do these efforts and then, then recover? And really, like, that's the measure of fitness is not what can I go out and do in one, one fell swoop, swoop, but what can I do persistently and consistently um and can i hit it hard and then come back the next day um so i so what you're saying is like build up that um like where you're gonna rebound to first instead of like get to the peak first you know, hammer yourself consistently and then gradually maybe be able to do more in between. Like, let's just work on the in-between stuff first and then the peaks will kind of shoot out naturally on their own and not be such a big deal. Mm -hmm. I think they'll start to. And I think with then with like, okay, once you're feeling like, man, I, I feel like a, I feel like a strong horse here. Like I'm ready to pull some weight. I'm ready to pull some weight. 
is the feeling I would want to feel. I'm ready to pull some weight. Not because I'm psychologically like, oh, I need to like run some paces because I'm worried, but because like my body wants to do more. Then give it a little dose of something. Give it, all right, you go run a hard 10 miler or go hop in a 10K or, and see what happens. Yeah. Um, or it may be spontaneous happens. too. So you think that will happen as a result of first just staying on this path of just keep keep climbing in the volume and then I mean like you said it's kind of an experiment I mean I don't and I don't know what would be the next thing to like do you think there's any other intermediate steps between like where I'm at and then getting to the point where you know it's time to introduce like okay yeah I feel like I'm chomping at the bit and I can I can try to go you know, tackle some kind of specific workout. Um, I guess I'm learning because you said like, don't worry about the intermediate like building block steps up to that. Wait till it comes. I'm just wondering like, I'm. I wonder if I would just sit around waiting and that time never comes. Like, hmm, I never really felt like I was ready to knock out a hard 15 mile tempo or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you think that'll just come if you just keep up in the volume and that's it? Or would you have any other major ingredients along in there with that process? I mean, I think like given the paces we're talking about, then yeah, pretty much like I would keep building the volume. Um, and then like, if you did want to introduce an ingredient, then do like, okay, I'm going to keep the volume. I'm going to keep my long run over two hours. And now I'm going to introduce like a, uh, eight to 12 mile, you know, sub threshold run or even break that in chunks, right? Like I'm going to run, you know, like you said, your, your three by three mile, your four by three mile sub threshold run. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it sounds a lot safer for one thing. Like, uh, I mean, it's definitely what's happened to me like over and over again the past you know 12 years or whatever like getting this cycle of obsessing over a pace trying to do like hard workouts to prove yourself in training get burnt or get hurt you know it's kind of all over the place these peaks and valleys and um so yeah i like the idea of uh becoming the train instead of like just trying to grab onto the end of it and let yourself get like rattled along the tracks on the back. Yeah. When you still have such, such a long time, like four months is a long time. Yeah. And I feel like it'd be really easy to get burnt out pretty quick with 16 to whatever, however many weeks it is. Um, and I would, yeah, I would want to feel, I would want to feel like, underprepared pace wise going into the marathon hmm. rather than, you know, overprepared with the pace and underprepared with the, the strength, even hmm. just from a muscular standpoint. I mean, I know when I run that long, like it's just the like ligaments, bone joint, muscular breakdown that just yeah grinds me to a halt. That was definitely, that's exactly the experience I had was it was, the and I don't know I mean we haven't talked about fueling I don't want to get into that like I don't know if I 
depleted my glycogen or not, whatever. That's kind of a different conversation. But the first thing to go at grandma's was definitely structural stuff. It was like my hip, I have a sharp pain in my hip or my foot or whatever. And it all just started building up like a wave, like all over the place. I never like, you know, my goal pace was like around six 30. I mean, and that's another fun thing about the marathon. Like, you go out and you just feel incredible. Like I was just cruising, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I think I, a couple of the more downhill miles, I was down into like the six twelve range without even meaning to. I was like, oopsie, you know, like just floating. And so, yeah, like uh, that was totally not the problem. And that's the thing to keep in mind, I think is like, you know, yeah. Where did you run into trouble last time? Which is what I don't want to think about. Like, I want to think about getting on the track and getting faster, you know. Yeah. It's a really, it's like a conscious, everyday, like, counterintuitive decision. But I'm willing to give it a shot. I like what you're saying. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to do what you're saying. Yeah. We'll see. I I think you can balance it too, right? Like with, okay, I'm going to get in some hard efforts. I would just make them long. That would be because, like the marathon, man, it's just such a, yeah. it's such it's such a mind game. Running, being being on your feet for two to three hours is that's it's a mind game, and it's a is my body gonna break down game? Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I will uh, keep you posted. I mean, maybe. It sounds like I know pretty much what I'm gonna do. I mean, I'm gonna keep building the volume up. Um, and I don't know, it's uncharted waters. I'm already in uncharted waters. I'm going to keep going. And I mean, I think the ceiling will be something like, I doubt I'll run much over if over three hours for a long run. Um, during the week, you know, I doubt much could get over like 90 minutes during the week probably be hard so i mean there's a natural ceiling there i think just with like available time in the day but um there's definitely room to go up um yeah and i say hit that right given your life constraints hit the hit the time and then once i've actually hit the time okay now let's Right. I mean, yeah. now let's now let's see what. OK, I, f- I filled the time that I have to in my week to train, you know, mm-hmm. given my schedule, given my kids, given my life. I've reached my my limits. And OK, now I've reached the time. Now my body feels good at the time. Right. Then like, all right, let's introduce some mustard. Right. Like, <laughs> let's spice let's spice it up. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. yeah. The other part of we can close with this part. The other to keep playing devil's advocate here, the other I think valuable thing about all the pace specific work is you like you're not wondering what to do on race day. Like you kind of go out, it just you're locked into the pace and you know exactly there's no surprises like hmm should especially if there's other people around, like, hmm, I don't know if I should stay on this guy or not, but and you can look at your watch and go, well, I kind of know based on what I've done. That's another thing I don't want to, um, like, a trap I don't want to fall into is, like, not knowing what I'm really capable of on race day. 
because I don't have the data. But I think like what you said is you could do enough. You could do some data mining activity, just not so much of it. You know, you don't need that much of it to know what you're capable of. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You can do some data mining, and I would say get a bigger, bigger sample size. Right. Per like, session. Per session. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is probably but better then, information, anyways. Right, but then too, like. The marathon, like you said, you were on 630 pace through 20, but then what did you run for the next six, like pace-wise? Eight, sevens, 730s? I have it somewhere, but yeah, I mean, it it gradually got slower and slower to like the last mile was like nine minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was a... The great equalizer. Yeah. Well... All right, I'm going to keep going with this and um All right. Maybe we can debrief afterwards and I can uh thank you for this advice or tell you like you're full <laughs> of shit, John. You don't know what you're talking about. That might be true. And so, like I said, it's fun to watch, so Yeah. All right. Well, I'll keep you posted. Thanks for uh hopping on here and shooting the breeze with me. Yeah, it's always fun to talk to you. Uh, by the way, I know you started uh, doing some trail stuff. Do you got any other races in mind for yourself on the horizon? Um, no, 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 nothing yet. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely getting into – I got a neighbor that's just the – I told you he's just the right amount of crazy. And so we've been looking at some really long trail races. So I'm definitely going down that rabbit hole and really excited. There's one that runs on the ridge right here I can see from my house. Um so I'm getting really excited about doing some stuff like that. Nice. Cool. All right, man. Well, I'll catch up with you again soon. Thanks a lot. All right. See you, Joe.